Hello and welcome to Brain Trust Live number 483. This week on the podcast, the latest election results prove one important thing. People want Republicans to stay out of their damn business. And in a fight, I'm gonna bite is a real quote you can only get from a real U.S. Senator named Mark Wayne. Plus, George Santos begins preparation for his prison and reality television tour. And Jill Stein is back to haunt Democratic nightmares once again. Plus, Tim Scott will now have all the time in the world to spend with his, quote, very nice, very real girlfriend. And Trump's hatred of windmills takes center stage at his criminal trial focused on financial misdeeds. We'll have all this and more. This is Brain Trust Live. Hey y'all, I'm Brent. I'm Lila, and you can find us on the web at www.braintrustlive.com. We're back. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. We come to you a year older, less wise. Yeah, we had a <laughs> we had a big birthday. We had a big birthday. Are we telling people or no? I mean, yeah, we're telling people. <laughs> Are you doing had, it or am I doing it? I had a minor nervous breakdown over my 40th birthday, okay. but I just want to be clear because I kept telling people I was having a nervous breakdown about it, and they kept being like, "But you still look young," and I don't care about I looking 40. about to say, I was like, I was not having a, a nervous breakdown because I was misread. worried about looking 40. <laughs> I am 40. It would be fine. It's fine to look 40. Yeah. Anyone who's 40 should feel free to look 40 and not uh-huh. look back. Yeah. That's not, so the, I mean, maybe that's just because we live in LA. So everyone was immediately oh, like right. vanity. It's got to be about vanity. <laughs> and listen, I'm as vain as the next person, but <laughs> I'm also not afraid to look the age that I am. Yeah. I think everyone should do it. In fact, sure. I feel like life would be easier. Yeah. Some people are looking an age that's much older than they are because they're getting a lot of plastic surgery that makes them look a weird age. Hello. Some people are wearing weird wigs. Saw that this week. Um, and <laughs> I just want to tell you, if you're like just a guy out there, your friends might not be being honest with you about your wig. If <laughs> <laughs> just wanna, I just... I had a realization that yeah. a lot of straight men don't have someone to tell them their wig looks bad. Yeah. Because if you're a woman in a bad wig or a gay man in a bad wig, someone in a restroom somewhere who's a complete stranger to you yeah. will tell you that your wig looks stupid. Right. And a gay guy might just shout out their car window right. no, at you just to, from be the a, street. just to be an asshole. That's right. <laughs> yeah. In West Hollywood, you could be getting your wig shot down by any number right, of people. Strangers on the strangers street. On the street. Yeah. But that's a service that people do for each other. <laughs> I mean, you know? I, listen. Someone I, has I, to I tell you. I don't you. disagree. <laughs> in any case, so we skipped last week due to my impending nervous breakdown, mm-hmm. but now we're done. <laughs> right. It's over. <laughs> we're we back on track. We're having breakdowns about different things now. Yeah. We have, we have plenty to break down about. We can't spend all week breaking, or all year breaking down about no. our birthdays. Uh-uh. Um, and we have- We do have a lot to cover though. So we sort of, you know- we're winging it. We're winging it a little. <laughs> but it's okay because we're going to start this podcast in a way that we rarely start it, which is with some good news. Yes, I know. And election news. And election news. Always good election news. Weird. Because one of the things we didn't get to report about last week, right. we, we, our last episode was recorded right before election day. Yeah, like the day before. So you listened to it on election day. That's right. And then because of that, you were probably informed enough to follow the coverage that night. But if you That's weren't, right. some, some, good, uh, some good results there. Yeah, for sure. Um, first and foremost, voters in states that are states that are anywhere in the country and also right. just like have humans in them, right. do not want you to restrict their access to abortion. That's right. That's a, a rule that I feel like we've, we've mentioned this before. Voters in Kansas were like, mm-hmm. leave us alone. Kentucky. Kentucky, leave us alone. Voters in Ohio last, you know, last election day, two weeks ago or whatever, were like, Stop fucking bothering us. <laughs> right. Let us have abortions. Yeah. And this was a state with a very serious trigger law. I mean, Republicans have been really trying it in Ohio. Yeah, and they're have. still trying it. They've come up with all... They're, they, they've been brainstorming new ways to get around yeah. what will now be a constitutional, you know, protection for abortion. Yeah. But the thing is, there's not voters anywhere who want this. There no, might be individual not. people who want this who don't know. Yeah. There's not a block of voters that... You're not finding a majority of voters somewhere yeah. that are like... Yes, let's get motivated about restricting access to abortion. Nobody wants it. No, I agree. And and I think that, like, this is one of the, um, you know, I think even outside, obviously people were voting specifically on abortion. But I think one of the takeaways, if you're Democrats here and you're looking for things for 2024, and they kind of are starting to get there on this. I don't think they've fully formulated it yet. But, like, I would I would ask them to sort of think about the larger sort of, like, 
a freedom issue yes. of this because I think that that speaks to people in a way yeah. even more broadly than abortion did because also there were other we're not going to talk about these but what is it the, the moms for freedom or whatever the hell who yeah. lost all their school board races or whatever you know like they also had a bad night and I, I think I think it's getting to this point where people are just sort of like what if you weren't taking away my rights what okay. if what if you weren't banning books what if you weren't doing and all of those things speak to this sort of like freedom message which i think for a long time republicans have sort of yes, like and claimed really to own. the first time that i heard democrats own it or not even democrats but just you know activists working towards actual freedom own it was the kansas abortion vote yeah the kansans for constitutional freedom was the group that led that effort and they very consciously positioned themselves as being pro-freedom yeah. i think that's a that's a note i think for Democrats going yeah. into the the president. Yeah, they should own the issue of freedom. They should because these yeah. Republicans cannot mind their business. <laughs> no, they they want to know like what you're reading and who you're sleeping with and right. what you're wearing in your private fun time with your right. friends and what's yeah. like. Don't yeah, I don't be in my business. Right. Yeah, it's not. I, I, I feel like their curiosity about everyone's the intimate details of everyone's <laughs> lives says more about the lack of what's going on in their lives than <laughs> You're probably right, anything yeah. else. But, yeah. you know, if you have curiosity about things, you can just ask about it without banning it. That's right. They're jealous of fun. <laughs> they're jealous of people having oh, fun. Oh, I think that's probably a big part of it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, so that was Ohio. The main part. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about Virginia. Right. They retained the Senate and then flipped the House of Delegates, which I don't... I mean... Of course, they were hoping that they were doing that. Yeah, but like, and it was a thing, small minority. It was right, a small majority. Right. But the thing going into that was like, let's hold on to the Senate just yeah. to make sure Republicans don't get back full control of everything, exactly. right? Because the Democrats previously had the House of Delegates, or previously they've had all three chambers no, for had, a while. They've there, had yeah. all three chambers for a second, and when um, Glenn Youngkin got elected, they also flipped the House of Delegates yeah. back. So now both of those, so the entire state house is in control of. The Democrats, which was huge to the point where, like, now we don't have to listen to people talk about whether Glenn Youngkin is going to run for president or not. Thank he, God. Because he can't. Right. <laughs> he had his and ass handed to him. Also, he, I was worried that we were going to have to be distracted by him for a period of time, much like Ron DeSantis. But he is ultimately less funny than Ron DeSantis. So we were also going to be just like distracted by like a poor man's Ron DeSantis. Yeah. But it was obviously he was never going to be the president. It was always going to be a flash no. in the pan. And I was just like, of all of the characters in the Republican Party that oh, I would be I interested in reporting on for a three-month period, Glenn Youngkin is at the very bottom of that list. I know. I do not want to have to talk about what Glenn Youngkin thinks or is up to under any circumstances, yeah. really, but certainly not when there's people like Donald Trump out there. Right. And he was <laughs> all. And he was also, I think the other thing that um, was, uh, that we kind of learned to a degree that evening, and I think this sort of like is going to have to reformulate how Republicans speak about this. And I don't know if they know how to do it. But like, you know, Youngkin, I think, was trying to, I'm using large air quotes over here, but like <laughs> try and find some sort of like middle ground on abortion, yeah. right? Like he wanted to get the state houses back so he could pass like a 15-week ban because like that's when, that's what people agree on because that's when the pregnancy right. is viable. And, this, and he spoke about it in a way that sort of like, if you were paying half attention to sort of, maybe sounded like a thing that a rational person person right. would say. And voters there were like, thank you, but also no, no to that. Like, yeah. no to no to any of this. Because this is what Nikki Haley has been trying to right. do, too, right? She's talking about abortion in a way ground. where she's like, right, like, let's just figure out, like, when we can, you know, like, we're not going to be able to ban it nationally because we're not going to have 60 votes, but we can come to some sort of consensus on what makes sense that makes everybody happy. Nobody's interested in that. No. And so I think Well, there's that a thing that would make everyone happy, and it's to just have everyone butt the fuck out of this issue. <laughs> know, exactly. Everyone would be yeah. happy with that. But I, th I don't think that they knew that until yeah. this... Night. I agree. And um, I hope that they learned it because it has been explained to them before. It has. <laughs> yeah. And they seem to not be learning it. Like individuals may have learned it this night. They seem to, as a community, yeah, not be learning they it. they have not learned it. No. In, at any point. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I feel like I'm thrilled to have Glenn Youngkin out of my uh, sort of uh, frame of reference. I just don't want to, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be hearing about him. No. Um uh, Andy Bashir won again in Kentucky. Not even close. Not even close. What's the deal with Kentucky, by the way? <laughs> Two Republican senators. <laughs> they keep electing the, the Bashirs to right. be governor. Donald Trump is winning by all A the billion points. points. Uh-huh. Like, 
What a state. Just really what love, goes the, on there? love the Bashir brand. Love which, the, like, what is that even? I, <laughs> like, I couldn't even, it's, it's, it's not extremism, though. Like, I mean, that's, like, listen, it's not anything because it's moderate that, Democratness. Right. It's just, like, medium personness. Yeah. But that, as a contrast to the kinds of extremists, they have put wild extremists into the Senate. For sure. They love Donald Trump. Love. Like, how, I don't understand how a state that has a love for that many different kinds of extremism, because Rand Paul is a fucking loon. Completely and not, not in the same vein as a Donald Trump, and they love them both. Mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell is the main problem child in the (laughs) problem elder in the Senate. Problem elder, yes. But, like, he's not the same brand of loon that Rand Paul is or Donald Trump is. Like, they have collectively decided they want every shade of Republican loon. Crazy, yep. And yet, then they just keep being like, but the Bashirs should keep being governors. (laughs) I know, that's very weird. It's... They called that super early that I night. know. No, and everyone <laughs> thought that, that was going to be a real drawn-out one. Yeah. Will he be able to pull it out? And then it was like, you know what it reminded me of? Another thing, another time that an election that seemed like it was going to be, like, real close was just, like, no big deal is de Blasio's re-election, where oh, everyone yeah. was like, everyone hates de Blasio. Everyone, yeah. he's ne- I don't know how he's going to pull it out. It's going to be a mess. And then it was just like, he got, like, 70% of the vote or something, and, like, they called it within, like, an instant of the polls closing, and everyone was like, well, who are all these de Blasio supporters? And it was because, like, upper-middle-class white people hated de Blasio, and they yeah. were like, that's, like, the media class. So they just kept reporting about how everyone they knew hated de Blasio, right. and it's like they were in an echo chamber. Yeah. I think the same thing happened here, where political yeah. circles in Kentucky are maybe not uh, collective political. You know, I feel like there's yeah, probably yeah, Democratic sure. political circles and Republican political. They probably yeah. don't talk to each other very much. So maybe yeah. they just, like, don't realize that all these things are happening at once. But, like, what a time Yeah, in I Kentucky. <laughs> and, true, like, the only thing that I, like know about Kentucky that's like notable to me is it's the first state that I ever saw hillsides with three crosses on them. Oh, interesting. I've only been to Kentucky once. It was in the year 2007. Okay. And that's the only thing I remember about it <laughs> is I is that I stopped in Versailles. <laughs> oh, Versailles. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I kept seeing those hillsides with the three crosses. Sure. So I, I assumed it was an unsafe place for me to be <laughs> and was. hightailed it out of there. It was and is. But <laughs> The Bashirs beloved. Right, right. <laughs> Wild. There was also some good, some good news in Pennsylvania. We told you that there was um, a Supreme Court seat there up because there was a vacancy due to a death on the court. The Democrats held that already. They were four to two. There's seven people on the court. So this race essentially restored that um, to five to two. Right. There. So, but that was, you know, people were, were, again, that was just sort of like anytime there's sort of a Supreme Court, like everybody is, so all, all of these races that we've talked about, maybe less so the Bashir one, although who even knows, but like we're sort of, you know, at least loosely have to do with abortion, I think, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, and that one probably did as well, anytime you're sort of like thinking about the courts and sort of like the, the state of the electorate, right? And now, in a swing is, state, is, yeah. in particular. Also, it's a good, you know, it's really the only indication we have of where the heads of Pennsylvania voters are right now. Right. Um, and so that yeah. was good news. Yeah. We uh, did have one loss. Yes. In Mississippi. And not but look, surprising, but like they keep getting We thought getting we might sort of, win Mississippi. Right. I mean, what a world we were in. What I know. Time. They keep getting close ish. Yeah. Like yeah. those races are always closer than maybe you think. Yes. But I mean, it's. Well, and this one you know, was in particular. Was I mean, there was too. a moment where it looked like it might go to a runoff. Like, like, right. Yeah, exactly. Because I think there was a third candidate also who got a few yeah. percent. So like they were thinking that maybe that they could keep it under. Yeah. yeah. Uh, under 50. But, I, but I yeah. So that's it, that's one that could have been a bonus. It's not that disappointing that. Yeah. I don't think anybody was shocked it. by that. Right. But. but it was it's like interesting. I think a lot of the time and this is something that I think um, people sort of struggle with when they're thinking about long term strategy, you know, Democrats especially. Oftentimes you can see like momentum building in places where Democrats have no hope of being elected by watching the numbers you lose by in those states. You know, I remember right after Donald Trump was elected, we suddenly saw a bunch of like, you know, special elections and things like that, where like the margins collapsed in on themselves. So what had been 14 point margins became three point margins and things like that in states that we consider heavily, heavily Republican. And I feel like that's something that when you, you know, when you think about like a campaign like Fetterman's campaign, where he went and peeled away margins in districts yeah, that, right, yeah. you know, were deep red districts. Yeah. So he was never going to win those right. districts. Well, and that's what Bashir does, and too, that's in what Kentucky, Bashir actually, does too. He, exactly. he's liked enough in some of these remote parts right. of Kentucky. Right, when he goes to places he's not going to yeah. win to get the votes in those places. And I think, yeah. you know, Democrats as a, their broader strategy almost never 
kind of prioritizes no. those kinds of, you know, sort of grassroots efforts to get the vote, to peel away votes in heavily conservative areas. And I think a lot of the time, like, that's where you can see momentum shifting broadly in the country that is in those kinds of districts where no one's paying attention to the margins and people aren't campaigning because they're like, of course, we're going to win this district. And so you kind of see just where voters' heads are at. Yeah. So I think like like the Mississippi race is like, I think, a promising sign in the sense that less so than winning the race is the fact that it was so close was interesting. I think even if we hadn't won all those Georgia races, like I would have been kind of interested oh, just yeah. to see that they were competitive, yeah. you know, a couple yeah, years right, ago. Right, like right. I think that whole region is... In, at the moment, a little bit more in the Democrats' grasp than I feel like anyone yeah. is willing to sure. maybe acknowledge or admit. And so, like, that's good news. It is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's in Biden's grasp, because uh, is anything. Uh, I don't know. Well, and that was the one thing that I feel like, you know, I think there was a lot. Of, first off, all of that happening is good. So I'm glad that all of that happened. Right. And I think that there is a lot of good news there for Democrats broadly in 2024. People are still clearly very motivated about the abortion issue and they're willing to go to the polls for it. And that is good for everybody who is running in a race next year, because I don't think that's going to change between now and next November. I think, I just don't know how good of news it is for Biden specifically, just because at least to, to me, I feel like what that night really did was sort of like encompass what the polling about him has been telling us. Because so much of the polling has been in favor of Democrats, right? Like even Biden himself, like when you poll sort of like a generic Democrat, that person always does better than Biden. And I think it's just because people are more with the Democrats on some of these issues right now, specifically with abortion. But like what voters are telling us in all of these polls is that the problem with Biden is that he's too old. Yeah. And that can't be fixed. That can't be fixed. And we've talked about that on the podcast before, but like, I just feel like, and look, maybe if this is enough of an issue to drive turnout and they all just decide to vote for him, then maybe it works out in his favor. But like, I feel like it's a good sign just for like Democrats. If you're running like in a generic house race, like obviously you want to be, you know, like platforming this issue at the top of your list, abortion. But like, and I just don't know if like it means anything for Biden because I feel like his issues are sort of like outside of politics. what anybody <laughs> thinks about politics They're or not policy, policy or issues. anything else. Right. They're personal. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I think that I'm I'm starting to see some reporting that the Harris camp understands that, huh? but that they're getting frustrated that the Biden camp doesn't. Interesting. So I think the Biden there's like this mythology in the Biden camp that he's more popular with voters than polls can really like capture. Sure. And I guess I would want that mythology about myself if I were right. running a delusional race. Right, you I know. was going to say. And I was having a bunch of polls tell me that everybody hated me. Right, I would be like, people secretly love me though, right? Like, oh, right. But I also feel like maybe they are um, so accustomed to that line of thinking that they're, uh, that that they have lost the ability to distinguish between kind of like, policy versions of that problem and personal versions of that problem where you only get old once so and you only keep getting you keep getting older in the same direction always so it's like you learn the lessons of age as i'm learning now now that i'm 40 (laughs) (laughs) you learn the lessons of age as you age um and some so you don't realize that you know you are older until you are because you feel the same age always until you were older. And you also don't realize how people are responding to you differently until they respond to you differently. So I feel like yeah. Biden is now getting to an amount of oldness that is like a, a sort of distinct amount of oldness. It's not just like general oldness. <laughs> yeah. He's not in the sort of, there, I think there's like a 60 to 80 old person politician range. Mm. And Biden is like outside of that range. He's yes. now just like an old Officially, person. Officially on a, the day that you're listening to this. I think fi- his birthday is tomorrow. You're right. I think he's you're right. 81. So he's he's out of the he's out of the demo now, you guys. <laughs> right. The old politician demo. Yeah. Um, and I feel like he probably isn't that in touch with how that's affecting people's perception of him. No. Because I don't think he so doesn't either. think he's older because he's he's the same age he's always been. Yeah. Because he is himself. I agree. I think if I were to give them any advice, which I know that they don't want, and I'm give <laughs> and I'm giving this against my own better judgment because I will be I would personally become I would tire of this messaging. Yes. But, like, I think that what they should do is not at all 
make it about him, get rid of Bidenomics. Nobody's convinced of that anyway. Mm -hmm. Cut all of that shit and just go full on single issue. This is about electing somebody who's maybe going to get Supreme Court nominees. Yeah. Republicans have done this before. It's quite frankly, in large part, how Donald Trump, I think, probably shored up some of the last bits of support that he needed to go over the edge. It was the late in the campaign, you know, uh, putting out that list from the Federalist Society about like which, is that who it was? I think the Federalist. I think it was the Federalist. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, which judges he was going to nominate that would overturn Roe. Yeah. Right? Like, just do the reverse of that. And also, you have the ability then to, like, remember years ago, this might have been in 2016, but it might have been in 2012. Nobody knows when it was. (laughs) We wrote a thing about how campaign finance reform is, like, the only issue that matters. Oh, yeah, right. This gives you an opportunity to basically play on that theme of being, like, there's an issue that affects all the other issues. Do you want there to be gun control? Us too. But yeah. this is the issue that's standing in our way. Yeah. Do you want health care? Us, we want you to have that too. This yeah. is the issue that stands in our way. Like, you can build an entire platform around the issue that stands in our way yeah. that can be the courts. And that yeah. gives you a chance to say vaguely, I'm in line with all of you on all these issues, but totally. I don't have a platform on them because we can't. Because yeah, the, sure. my platform is there's an issue standing in our yeah. way. And it like, allows you to essentially run on abortion right right i mean if you exactly want. i think it also helps you get some young people back i mean they're right. mad at him for what's going on of- in you know uh, israel right now but they're also mad about um student loans yeah. which i think he can you know at least I in part blame on the courts like will you know say what I mean? like I, I had i got a phone call from my mom this week and she oh, was yeah. like i have some good news and some terrible news oh the terrible news was she was mad at everybody but for no <laughs> just for the same reason the good news She'd run into a longtime neighbor of ours. Uh, and this is somebody whose husband coached me in Little League, like somebody uh, who, you uh-huh. know, I've known, I knew that I, I knew their kids when I was a kid, like I grew up, you know, with yeah. these people. Um, and so, and they had taken on a bunch of student loans for their kids. Uh, and the, uh, this woman who's, you know, the wife of my former Little League coach yeah. or whatever, um, ran into my mom and was like, we just got all of our loans forgiven. And my, it was the first time either my mom or I had heard about that actually working. Oh my and gosh. we were just like so excited about it because she was, you know, she was a public servant of some sort. And so she yeah. got, oh, right. she, she was got able that. to apply because she had been a public right, servant. A, right. um, but it was like the first time in ever that I've ever heard about anyone who like is the person the program was designed for actually getting <laughs> right. the relief that they deserved. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? If they could pull this off so that one person in every town was actually getting the relief they deserved, maybe people would love Joe Biden. Uh, Right. Like, we were suddenly like, you know what? It's not so bad. (laughs) Right. But it was because we heard one person finally get a thing they deserved. Right. And, like, that is, you know, we should have heard about 12 people having that happen by now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it was very exciting, though. I was like, I did have a moment of optimism. I was like, this is so weird to (laughs) be feeling optimistic about things. But, Yeah. So, you know, if he could pull that out of the hat next year, just get those programs really rolling. Right. Yeah, for maybe sure. Maybe the student loan thing would disappear and we maybe. could just be mad about Israel. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, who knows? In any case, let's <sighs> talk about the house because that's really what we came here to talk about. <laughs> this week was just wild in... They were getting up to so much nonsense. You know how, like, in about, like, a year into the pandemic, you suddenly realized that, like, people had forgotten how to, like, walk normally? And like drive normally. Like I uh, noticed yeah, it in New York sure. with the walking. In I've complained a long time about how no one knows how to walk right in LA, but people were driving crazy here. Um, but you would just, we just sort of like collectively had a realization that everyone had like lost the ability to exist in public space. Right. Uh-huh. I feel like in the house right now, they have like run up against some sort of stress wall and they have like lost the ability to exist in public space together. Yeah. Because so many shenanigans happened this week. And all of them were so juvenile. Completely. And this is on the heels of them having the most embarrassing month in house history of not being able to elect a speaker because of silliness. Yeah. And this was in part descended from that craziness and in part just pure side shenanigans. <laughs> First of all, we did pass a continuing resolution to fund the government through January 19th. Thank God. So they got themselves through the holidays because they don't want to work no, until the new year anyway. No. That's, I was like wondering if they couldn't just pull this together to at least get them through Christmas because I was like, yeah. they're not going to be well, there working. And that's, and that's what they did. And that's what they did. Yeah. Um, it's the deal that they kicked McCarthy out for offering. Right. <laughs> and I'm wondering, I, I, I have, 
I saw somebody suggest something, and I can't remember who it was, but so I definitely stole this idea, but I was like, oh, that's interesting, and maybe it is exactly what's happening. Because they don't seem to be that mad about it, the same people that right. got rid of McCarthy. And I think it's in part just because they don't like McCarthy, so yeah. they felt oh, fine yeah. about getting rid of it. But, like, basically the suggestion was was that they're fine with him uh, uh, doing some of these things like this. The speaker, what's his name? Johnson? Johnson, that, Mike Johnson, 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 yeah. Mike Johnson. Uh, because all this was ever about was getting some essentially culture warrior mm-hmm. to the speaker yeah. of the house. So they don't really care about this money shit. They're going to go around. Course, yeah. They never have, they right? Never I mean, have. like, they'll vote for right. any, you know, insane budget that Donald Trump presents them, yeah. like, regardless of whether it raises the deficit or not. Yeah, they're not. So, afraid. but, like, it's just funny that, like, McCarthy, you know, literally got ousted from his job for doing this very thing, and then everybody here is just sort of like, we're cool. Yeah. And yeah. I think that really is why. They just yeah. wanted an actual lunatic as the Speaker of the House, and they got it. And so now they don't care about the money stuff. And now they're going to get to deal with all the fun fallout of having a <laughs> culture warrior be the Speaker, because yeah, that's not going to be fun for I was going to say, what a what a terrible idea in this um, like political atmosphere to, Although, to do that. I'm super excited when we finally find out where Mike Johnson's money is. I know. I like cannot wait for us to find, get to the bottom of that. It's going to be good. we will. Maybe a teenager on the internet who's a hacker will have to do it. Someone's <laughs> going to find out where his money is, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be waiting for that person. Same. It's all the gift. It's the Christmas gift I'm hoping yeah. for. Um, but in the midst of this continuing resolution, and perhaps because of it, um, Kevin McCarthy uh, was on a his, his, was on a, an emotional adventure <laughs> this week. Um, and got into this like weird altercation in the hallway. Like physical. Well, Phys- I mean, it's sort of physical. Physical the way that nerdy element. people get into physical altercations. Mm-hmm. Um, with Tim Burchette, who is the guy who didn't vote for McCarthy because he felt that McCarthy had mocked him for praying on how to vote <laughs> right. in the Republican Party, which uh-huh. is like, but also he said I was trying to get in touch with him for like days and he didn't call me back. And then he got mad when I didn't vote for him. And it's like, yeah. you know, listen, guy. So he walks by Tim Burchette in the hallway and like shoves him and they get into right. like a Elbows shove him, yeah. match uh-huh. like a like a kind of like middle school other. shoving match yeah it's in the halls of the house um and th- it's so confusing when republicans get into physical altercations because they're also nerdy but they all have to pretend to be really like macho yeah oh, and so for sure. the the silliness that results is just and yeah. there was a reporter right there who just like tweeted the entire blow by blow of the situation yeah but then so Brochette goes on to Newsmax after this like to talk did. about the slap fight that he had with Kevin <laughs> mm-hmm. McCarthy. Yeah. Um, and there's like a confusing series of comments that gets made indicating, but both from the Newsmax anchor and from him, yeah. indicating that they're not afraid of Kevin McCarthy coming after them from a fundraising perspective. Because that was one of the conversations that we were yes. having. Is like, is McCarthy, who's a fundraising powerhouse, going to try to get people to primary the people that voted against him right. and cause this? And um, Brochette was like, no, because and and the, what kind of resulted from that comment was both him and the anchor indicating that Nancy Mace is not afraid of Kevin McCarthy because she has some information on him. That's right. What's the information? Out with it. I have to know. Yeah, I must know. <laughs> um, so there's some kind of gossip war going on. I love that. And Republicans have good gossip because they do all sorts of really embarrassing things. Well, right, and and also they. Believe every conspiracy theory that yes, comes out too. So, like, exactly. if somebody like, you know, Nancy Mace, who uh, who knows what she has? It may yeah. have been something that she read on the fucking That's dark right. web, or somebody from Q like tweeted at her or something, which yeah. is now the gospel truth but to I her and everyone else in the Republican the Party. The confidence because... <laughs> that she has something, so she doesn't have to be afraid of his fundraising, which is in real money, unlike right. whatever information she has. Is I'm so excited to find out what it is. Yep. I hope that he does try to primary her. So do I. I mean, that's all we can hope for at this point. Yeah. So that's potentially a future exciting thing. Yeah. Then, and this was like the very same day, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it might have been. Um, this was in the Senate. In where the they're Senate. Su- where they're supposed to be acting right. Exactly. In theory, anyway. Right. It's like they throw out those ha- those uh, uh, dress code requirements and uh, all hell breaks loose. Over. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Mark Wayne Mullen got into an altercation with Sean O'Brien from the Teamsters. Right. Don't. Get into a fight with the Teamsters? Yeah, where they literally both got up and they were like, they were about to we have go? A, yeah. Like, they were about to have like a, a physical like take fight. take it out in the hall, and yeah. Bernie Sanders had to break it up. Come and on. this is where I realized that part of what they're suffering from right now 
in a lot of levels of government, but in the Senate, I would say. Yeah. Is I feel like there's not enough people from Brooklyn in the Senate. <laughs> sure. Because I feel like another person that I would trust to stop a bunch of fools from acting wrong in the Senate is Barbara Boxer. Oh, uh, sure. Like, yeah. Bernie Sanders has probably broken up fights before because he's he a tall has. guy from Brooklyn. Yeah. He's probably had to, right. and he was basketball player. It's probably, yeah. his whole, probably his whole childhood was sure. just breaking up fights. I would also, can, I, I perfectly agree with you. And then secondarily, I would also contend that if you are allowing your fight to be broken up with a seated Bernie Sanders only using his words, then your intention may not to Ben have actually get oh, into a physical altercation. It's, it's a, I mean, <laughs> such an important indication. It's, it's such an important clarification. <laughs> but that did not start, stop Mark Wayne Mullen no. Um, from oh, so saying, this is what you get from a senator named Mark Wayne. Moore. That's right. Yeah, let that be a to lesson, be, to Oklahoma. Be clear. Um, and maybe they love this. I but think they probably he did. clarified regarding his fighting prowess. <laughs> um, by the way, I'm not afraid of biting. I will bite. I'll bite a hundred percent in a fight. I'm gonna bite. I'll do anything. I'm not above it, and I don't care where I bite. By the way, I'm just gonna. It's just gonna be a bite. That's a U.S. senator who said that. <laughs> In a fight, in a fight, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna bite. bite. <laughs> right, Mark Wayne Mullen, 2024. <laughs> I just couldn't love that quote more. Uh, oh. I feel like it encompasses. First of all, that's the quote you give when you're afraid of being in a fight. For sure. I mean, nobody who actually has ever been in a fight uh, goes into this much length. Or goes into this much depth about no. how much they like to bite people in fights. No. That's what children do. What you say Toddlers is, bite you in a fight. I'm not afraid to fight dirty. That's or right. something like right. that. Like, but yes. the, the lengthy description of like where you will or won't will not bite, people. bite people when you're fighting them is a wild choice. A wild choice. choice. Yeah. <laughs> and also, if you're someone who's ever been into a, in a fight before, you don't, you know that you don't have to clarify that like punching is how you fight someone. I know. Like you're going to bite them. I know. That's what I would do if a grown man attacked me as I try to bite them. Like, that's what you do when you know you're going to lose a fight. For sure. Also, Mark Wayne Mullen, maybe there's a world where Mark Wayne Mullen can himself specifically beat up Teamsters president Sean O'Brien. Right. Maybe. I I don't don't know. There's not, but maybe. I I don't know. But what you don't want to do is fuck with the president of the Teamsters anyway. Ever. Is he... It's not about the president of the Teamsters. It's about, it's about the, the teamsters, teamsters, the community. <laughs> I was going to say, right. Does he want to find himself unalived at some point? Like I He mean... must, because that's the only thing that anyone with any sense would take uh, from a plan to fight the Teamsters. Like, that's just not how you get through life. No, it's not. And maybe he comes from a right-to-work state, and so this is not information right, he that he's been granted. Right. I don't think that anyone in a union state would make the mistake of trying to fight the Teamsters. No, I don't think so. I, by the way, call me. I'm desperate to join the Teamsters. That's the union you want to join. Yeah. They'll murder your enemies, but they'll also get you a good wage. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that's it. But like, yeah, (sighs) wild times in in the Senate. Like, that wasn't even the House. No. But I feel like this, part of the reason that things have gone awry, and I was thinking about this in reference to my Brooklyn comments, is also... Because I feel like there are people in the Senate who could break up a fight like that that are not Bernie Sanders and are not people who are six yeah. feet tall. I feel like Nancy Pelosi could break up a fight like that For sure. using her words. I yeah. I feel like probably Patty Murray could break up a fight like that using her words. Yeah, maybe. I feel like there are people who can be in charge of these things. They're all Democrats, though. Um, the Republicans yeah. currently are like, there's part of the reason no one's in charge is because no one... No one's in no charge. One's in charge. <laughs> There's no adults. Yeah, Mitch McConnell gonna right. He's gonna break up a fight. Absolutely no. not. Like uh-uh. they don't have any adults in the room right now. And the Democrats have always had a lot of adults in the room. Sometimes those adults are too, too hopped up in their own stupidity. <laughs> but like type. they can, you you don't get into a fist fight in front of Nancy Pelosi though. You know? No. Like you don't even threaten Nancy Pelosi. She threatens you. That's how that's <laughs> the communication goes one way. Like like the Republicans right now have nobody to like be the sort of to be the parents here. Yeah. And that is, gotta, I mean, they had to have a socialist break up their fucking fight. Like, that's, I mean, that's embarrassing. Know, it really is. Also, um, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer called Jared Moskowitz, um, a, who is a, a Democratic congressperson, he called him a liar and a smurf. <laughs> what? I mean, I just love what's going on in the House. <laughs> I know. Because I feel like this is a perfect um, segue 
to our discussion of the Santos Ethics Report. Oh, I know. I mean, I feel we're going to miss him so much. (laughs) Thankfully, he's primed for the rest of his life for... We'll hit Dancing with the Stars. We'll he hit will ce- be in our lives. We'll hit Celebrity Big Brother. Absolutely. We'll do the whole tour, and yeah. I'll watch all of it. And he'll be crying right? that whole time. Do RuPaul's Drag Race. Right. <laughs> you can do everything. Yeah. No, he's going to be like the a world, camp figure oh yeah, in our lives forever. Is his oyster yeah. at this point. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. and honestly, I don't think that that will stop him from criming, but I think his days of needing to crime might be over. Oh, yeah. I think he's actually going to be able to make like a, I a mean. Living. A, a, a living, right. Um. I almost said honest living. Right, and, that's not... And I don't know if that's what he'll be doing necessarily, <laughs> right. but like... A legal um, living. He won't, he won't have to be stealing from people to do, to be buying right. whatever he's buying from Sephora. Exactly. He may <laughs> still do it, but it won't right. be out of necessity. It'll be for sport. It'll be for sport. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the House's ethics report for Santos came out on Thursday. Um, yeah. They have not successfully booted him from office because everyone in the house is criming too much to want to set that precedent. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's... I feel like there's a sense that maybe now that we like know for sure that he's committed crimes, that they might do it. Yeah. I just don't think that they're going to have the guts. Yeah, I don't either. Too he, many of them are committing less splashy crimes than this. I know. Because like, he himself came out and said that he's not running for re-election. Right. I think probably in some attempt to stem them getting yeah. rid of him now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, and that's too bad. Because yeah. I kind of wanted to see if he'd get reelected. I know. And I also feel like he was doing a great job of taking down the Republican apparatus in New York State. You know, his uh, his yeah. uh, his uh, finance lady, who had been funding, you know, working for oh, other campaigns, yeah, right. went to jail. Like, yeah. I feel like there were some unsavory campaign operators who were not as funny, who <sighs> got taken down by George Santos. Yeah, right. And for that, I think we can thank him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but there were some funny revelations from yeah. this ethics report. Right. Including... Using campaign funds for OnlyFans, <laughs> Botox, and Sephora. I mean... The gay trifecta. Yeah. I was like, what else would he... Like, uh, if you would have told me to name three things he was using campaign funds for... My first for, three those thoughts. would have been the... That's what I'd use them for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You were I stealing campaign funds? <laughs> I mean, if I had free Botox money... Yeah. I would be thriving That right shit now. is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's a Sephora sale this week. Right. And I am already panicked that I don't have the funds to purchase everything that I'm going to want to That's purchase right. at the store. Imagine sale. if you could steal that money. That's <laughs> from a bunch of rich Republicans. <laughs> yeah, I'm imagining it right now. Yeah. No, exactly. <clears throat> no, it's feel and then there were some text messages released between him and his aides that <laughs> asking who Janet Yellen was. <laughs> asking who Janet is. Just right. Janet. Who is the Janet we're with, talking like, about? With emojis, but like hand typed emojis. Yeah, yeah not know, even like, real emojis. <laughs> yeah. Um so, you know, some embarrassing revelations about his lack of preparedness and also his shopping habits. But we just, these are, I think, things in our heart that we already knew. Yeah. And so because of that, I wasn't that let down about the whole thing. Right. Um, I was just sad to hear that he'd be leaving us. <laughs> I, know, I know. Yeah. We're one uh, step farther from having boy. him be the House Majority Leader. Yeah. I'm like... Well, he could be that. You I mean, the speaker, be, you sorry. You don't have to be in the house to be that, though. That's true. They, so he could they still, could make him speaker. They still could. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right, um, so he's not running for re-election. He's not running for re-election. Also not running for re-election is Abigail Spanberger because she's going to be running for the governor of Virginia. I know. Do the, is Here's a question. Or does she have to draw? Does she, can she still run for I don't for know in Virginia. I don't, I don't I think don't she can. She probably not, yeah. Um, she probably think, doesn't intend to. Most people don't intend yes, to do Yes, and that. I think that her designs were always a little bigger than that house seat anyway. Um, that tracks. And I also have a suspicion in her case. I mean, I know that she will be a moderate candidate and that she's a quite conservative. Oh, she'll annoy the shit out of us. But maybe Absolutely. she's, maybe but I, she'll I win. I think she might have a little bit of like a Gillibrandness to her, though, where Gillibrand was mm. like a very conservative congressperson. And once she started, once she kind of launched herself into statewide politics, she definitely softened her positions on things. Sure. I feel like Abigail Spanberger may do some of that. I don't think she'll do it to the extent that Gillibrand yeah. did. She's not in the same kind of state that Gillibrand's in. But I do have a I do kind of wonder to myself um if she might position herself certainly as a moderate in the race. Yeah. But with a little bit of a kind of right. more But she's you know, so moderate right now. You I think you might be right because yeah. like she's I think gonna have to move She's too moderate right now. I was gonna say she, I was gonna say she needs to move to the left just to represent herself as a Democrat. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No. And I think that that's probably something that she is 
planning to do. Yeah, probably. Um, and also, it's probably capable of to some extent. I mean, I think that well, I she think came, she's smart. I mean, she's I, smart. I, I think also, her, like, she's um, she's really not a sort of a creature of like rural Virginia. She's she's sort of an outside DC person. Sure. In reality, I think in you know in, in culturally. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that she probably is better in tune with what that big sort of voting block in the northern part of the state is looking for. Sure. Um, not just because she lives in D.C. now, but because that's really the world she comes out of. You know, yeah. She comes out of a national security background. Sure. She's not, she doesn't come out of state politics. So um, so I think I'm interested to see where that campaign goes. You yeah. know, I'm also curious to see just how that governor's race shapes up because I, I there was another moderate woman who ran in the last cycle. I can't remember who it was. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, ran against Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe, right. And, like, with McAuliffe gone, like, what is that I know. field going to be? Yeah. I'm sort of, I'm assuming other people are going to run. I mean, I mean obviously, she, pro- yeah. she has the, probably is going to have the most name recognition, yeah. I think. Yeah, and that's kind of an interesting, I mean, I don't know. I'm sort of interested to see where the state party's hand kind of falls mm. on this because I don't have a good sense yet of whether this was, like, a decision that was kind of considered to position her, you know, with the, with the yeah, kind of yeah, consultation yeah. of the state party, whether she's kind of like their choice or whether there's yeah. a bigger primary going on. Yeah, so that should be an interesting race. Um, yeah. Also, we have somebody challenging Menendez in his primary, yes. and it's the worst possible choice. I know. Tammy Murphy, first lady. Yeah. New yeah. Jersey's first lady. And, like, not – she's just, she's a Republican. Yeah, she's a former – like – as of fairly recently. I mean, yes. she's been married to Phil Murphy for a long time. But, right. I mean, she herself voted in the Republican primary as recently as 2014. Yes. <laughs> like, that's our only option against, like, a criminal? I think, what's his name? Is it David Kim? I think one of their representatives another... is also running, okay, too. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the theory is that she probably jumps to the top of the list. I think right. that she's liked. Um, yeah. And I think has, like, fashioned herself as sort of like a... Hillary Clinton esque right. first lady. I think that she's like she's, t- she's she's taken on like a lot of yeah. like I think she has her own portfolio of things that she's you know like working on right. supposedly. Um, so that was actually this... that was another person who she I, I had read that she had donated to a bunch of Republicans and Hillary Clinton, which makes perfect that sense. makes perfect sense. Um. <laughs> it's not even a contra- There's no contradiction there. Um, but yeah, I sort of this Menendez seat is like an albatross. I know. They can't get him to leave. No. They can't find they a good can't. candidate I was, I was to replace say, him. It does seem like they sh- this time around they should be able to win a primary against him. Let's hope. It seems like. He's actually now proven criming. I know. It's like, I mean, though, this is the state of Bridgegate. There's a lot of excitement in New Jersey that you <laughs> right. can't account for. Right. They kind of... People will tolerate things. People will tolerate <laughs> things in New Jersey that they would not tolerate elsewhere. Sure. So. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then we have some updates on the presidential race as well. Yeah. First is that the Greens finally found a candidate. Jill Stein. And Jill Stein, she's back. <laughs> so that's going on. Um, yeah. As usual, her kind of like main platform sounded word for word what I would say. So I am not shocked to hear that, but also curious to see how the coverage then represents it. I know. Yeah. Um, because I feel like that's, it's like, you know, down to like foreign policy thing, like, Oftentimes, the, like, green platform is literally just writing what the Democratic left is saying. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then no, they to hear them have to tear each other apart is always yeah. so confusing. Oh, I know. Well, I, Jill Stein invented getting rid of student loans. Right. No, exactly. Uh, it's quite why, literally. I mean, it's it was why in, everybody ma- thought that she was, like, the nuttiest person yeah, ever to I, even totally. suggest such a thing. She explained how you would do it. She would explain how it didn't script the deficit. She talked about qualitative easing. And I, I mean, like, yeah. this was, like, a lot of stuff that comes out they of the Greens. They invented the Green are, New Deal. I was going to say. A that lot was of, the, yeah. It was called the Green New Deal because the Greens came up with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of stuff that comes out of there. And then we pretended it was because we care about green energy. The Greens <laughs> right. came up with the Green New Deal. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how... Her coverage is this year only because there are so many more third party candidates I that have know. gotten more press than usual than right, her than usual. Because sure. it right. used to be that she kind of was like the main third party person with the target on her back. Right, for sure. Um, but RFK's out there. Right. Cornell we, West. Cornell West is out there. Cornel there, is out there and it 
Joe Manchin announced he's retiring from the Senate, so there's a good chance oh. Joe Manchin's out there. And, like, heavily hinted at a presidential yeah. run. Well, he needs to do something because he wasn't going to win his Senate race is yeah. the problem he was having. Yeah. So we had to figure out what to do about that. I think it's going to be really interesting, though, because, like, I don't... The, the hints from No Labels has been that they would probably run a Republican. Because right. I think that they want to obviously steal votes from Trump. Yes. Uh, because their their claim, anyway, is that they don't want to sort of like, they would only get in if they, and all of this is well, nonsense their claim for the million reasons that we've talked about on this podcast. But like, loophole. I just, can you imagine Joe Manchin being someone's vice presidential candidate? <laughs> like, he would not do that. No. Like, personally. I like, cannot that, at all. That's that... not the life that Joe Manchin is trying no. to, to live. Absolutely not. So, unless he just changes his party affiliation, which he's been threatening to do for his entire career in the Senate. Well, and if so. he's leaving the Senate, what does he care? Yeah. Go out as a Republican like you always yeah. wanted to. Yeah. But I actually think, I don't know. I No labels, I think, is interesting because they, uh, everything that they've said about not wanting to sort of like tip the scale one way or the yeah. other is nonsense, honestly. But I got to thinking about it the other day. I think it's interesting because like if they do run a Republican, they're not going to win, obviously. A third no. party is not going to win. I think this year, third parties could cause more disruption maybe yeah. than they have previously. But, like, I think actually running a Republican at the top of the ticket sort of, like, sort of reshuffles things kind of, like, in an interesting way. Because if it's a Republican that's liked and, like, yeah. everybody seems like all the Democrats are probably still going to vote for Biden. I mean, he might right. have a turnout problem. Like, we've talked about that. But, I mean, like, does that all of a sudden put sort of, like, Texas in play? Right. right. Like, if two Republicans are splitting the vote yeah. someplace. Is Florida in play? Is, right. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You that... know what I mean? But it's like, I, they, I think, are I the mean, most interesting We have a real Ross Perot opportunity here. That, right, I agree. It might be just the thing that Joe Biden needs. Yeah. Because that's, it, it was it, the thing that Bill Clinton needed. Too true. <laughs> I mean, too true. Quite literally. So, um, Yeah, I'm sort of, I'm curious about that. I'm also curious about... Who is going to run for that Senate seat then as a Democrat? Because oh, yeah. I wonder if that reshuffles a little bit of the dynamics of that race. I think part, I know that West Virginia is not out here trying to elect Democrats. No. But I get that. It, yeah. But it's a it's a big union state. It's a state where there's always been opportunity that's for someone was, on the left. That's what I was just about to say. It would be really excellent if, even if that doesn't necessarily end up being competitive, if the person that we decided to platform there was like a real pro-worker, yes. real sort of like like a John Fetterman type totally. of character, I think would kill in West Virginia. Yes. I mean, maybe not win, but like, I feel but like maybe we should win be, too. I mean, they, there's, there's, I think, opportunity there that because they only run the most Republican right, they Democrats, just run a secondary and Republican. it's a conservative state in a lot of ways, but it's not, yeah. it's a, it's a blue collar yeah. state. I know. Even Jim Justice, the Republican governor who's going to be their next senator, right. he's a former Democrat. And the reason that he was a former exactly. Democrat was because he was some, one of these old West Virginia yes. Democrats, so right? Like, West Virginia used to elect Democrats all the time. That's yes. how we're... It was a very deep Democratic stronghold totally. because it was a union state. Yeah. And like, I think that when you see a model like Fetterman, there's an opportunity to pursue a kind of like a more sort of um you know like a blue collar blue collar almost of. like libertarian uh, adjacent but also socialism adjacent <laughs> okay. kind of like, like i think there's a way to kind of like meld that a little bit but have yeah. it be the progressive vision as I mean, opposed to we saw bernie sanders very, very e well there very easily convince an entire room full of coal miners that they should have free health insurance. Uh, like, exactly. I so think it's easy to make those sales if someone has bothered to make them for you. Right. They only have a bunch of rich corporate assholes running everything because it's a you know a mining state. Mining because state, it's right. a state where there's very wealthy people controlling the yeah. entire economy of the state. Yeah. And so I feel like there's an opportunity if the right person could be found to like change some of the not necessarily the outcome of that race, but some of the political dynamics yeah, of the I state. I think so too, and especially even if they did well and lost, I think if they, I think that would prove something yes. there about like where people's heads. Well, are and at I think there's state. probably an opportunity in West Virginia to do exactly what Fetterman did and go into deep red districts and mine votes out of the. I didn't mean that as a pun, but <laughs> like get yeah. get votes out of some of those deep yeah. red communities off the basis of some you know a, sort of populist issues. Yeah. I think populism plays really well there. And they well, don't have one single populist running anything there. No. Why not try it? Get try a populist. It. Do it. I'm into it. That's 
In any case, <sighs> um, there was also the third GOP presidential debate in the right. like the day after election day, like the worst possible time. Oh my god! I Who know. had any interest in this at that time? <laughs> I know. And it was like not even any real people. Because though oh, yeah. Tim Scott qualified just in the nick of time, he then promptly dropped out. <laughs> so now I guess he can spend all of his time with his yeah. fake girlfriend. Yeah, because on the podcast before that, which was like two days prior to that, we were talking about whether he had or hadn't qualified because right. he was saying that he had, but nobody had officially said right. that he had. And then he did, but then like days later he was like, deuces. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Um, we so, did get to see his fake girlfriend, though. She was up on yes, the stage there with him. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So at least she got paid for one night. And That's, there were a few fun like, little like viral moments. As well. Yeah. Nikki Haley called um, Ramaswamy scum. Right. Which was delightful. Somebody needed to. After after he implied that she should have forced her adult daughter to not download TikTok. Yeah, like, <laughs> also, can th- I mean, that, can you imagine if, like, some kid oh said that to you, a mother of a human, on stage, in front of everyone, as if he has any information about <laughs> what it is to parent a teenager? I know. She's like fully grown, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think she is like right. an like a like a real life adult. Like adult daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. And then also like Ramaswamy like made some comment at some point about like how he didn't need to be in six in- six inch heels, and then he was like, and actually there's two of us up here that are, right. um, implying that it was Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. Not even implying it because it was <laughs> uh, right. Ron DeSantis Obviously. is notably wearing six inch heels everywhere. That's that's the yeah. only thing anyone on the internet knows about. Him. I know. Donald Trump did an impression of him at a campaign rally. Did you I see saw that? that. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> because there's that weird, um, there's that uh, video of him, like, a- after the debate's over, like, walking to the edge of the stage, where it was this very sort of, like, stilted kind of, like, you yeah, know, well, like, struggling. flat-footed uh, situation. Cause he's in very high heels. Because <laughs> he's in high heels, and, right, his feet aren't at that. He's, you know, he said he's got three inches of empty yeah. shoe at the end of Which his is, boots that he's wearing. It's hard. If I know anything from, <laughs> my mother has very small feet, because she is herself very small. Um, and so it's very hard to, for her to find shoes in her size. And there was like an era where she walks a lot and she kept tripping on like potholes and things like that. And she oh, like sure. broke a finger. Like she was, oh, you know, God. she had like some serious injuries from it. And it was because she couldn't find running shoes in her size. And so oh, the no. shoes that she was being forced to buy were just slightly too long for her. Oh, no. And so she was tripping on her own shoes. So she I. She got to get kids' shoes. She Well, she finally had to find other shoes that weren't going to make her trip. Yeah. But I mean, I, I know how dangerous having sure. extra you know, length yeah. on your shoes. You gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. And so I I would walk very gingerly too if I were Ron DeSantis yeah. because there's three inches of just like floppy boot at the end of his toe that he can't control. Yeah. Um, and and what then, if he tipped over forward? I mean, oh that would God. be a real danger. That <laughs> would be a real danger. Um, Nikki Haley had a response to that in the moment <laughs> where she said something, they're not for fashion, they're for, they're for ammunition. About her heels. About her heels. And, like, in the moment, I was like, I don't know if that makes fully sense. makes sense. But she said it, like, as a retort. Because and it's like, maybe she meant something else. Like, she obviously didn't have a retort prepared for that. Because right. who could have possibly seen that somebody was going to come for her for her shoes, right? right? I mean, with, with DeSantis, DeSantis should have had a zinger prepared <laughs> yes. for that because people have been making fun of it this in the lead up to that. This is misogyny like, for you, you guys, that Nikki Haley had to answer for Ron DeSantis wearing dumb shoes <laughs> dumb on stage. Shoes. I know. And so I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. But then when the debate was over, her social media team tweeted that out. As if she had come up with a brilliant they're, zinger. They're not for a fashion statement. They're for ammunition. Friends, that doesn't make sense. That's not a comment. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it doesn't. What if she... For ammunition. It's missing the critical context needed to understand why it's a joke. Are her shoes... Guns? <laughs> is she I mean, that'd be cool, I bullets guess. in her shoes? Does she have, like, a James Bond, like, a high like heel a situation? That... Is she... Is there, like, a storage unit in her heels during... That has extra... It felt very much like a, a Veep moment, right? She... Where, like, somebody, yes. like, said yes. something in a debate, and then they all just decided that, like, if they said it enough times, then it, it would, would become, just become iconic. iconic and also, like, make sense, and no one would question them about yeah, it. Yeah, it's the... <laughs> it's a... It's not Build Back Better. That's the real one. It, they, you know, oh, yeah. New uh, Selena Now. New Selena Now. Right. <laughs> it's a New Selena Now moment. You just yeah. come up with nonsense words and put them together, and right. then you're like, And then you roll, you roll with it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, boy. So that's too bad. They don't have one single comedian to consult with, apparently, in the Haley camp. I know. Oh, no. I love that a whole team of people were like, we'll tweet that, too. Yeah. That's important. We gotta we'll go want people it. to remember that. <laughs> Oh, and then boy. there was Trump's testimony in his New York case. Chaotic. Got kind of bail, uh, like buried in the news. I, I know. Because so there was much going too on. much going on. Yeah. Well, people were punching each other in the Senate. It's like hard to know what was going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
the, there was also Trump testimony in addition to all of that. Yeah. It went about as you would expect. Yeah. He because said he, what he says. Right. He's, he did. Right. He stayed in character. Yeah. It's... Uh, did all the witch hunts, mm-hmm. you know, did yeah. all of the, all of that business and just basically like tried to give speeches anytime he would just ask a question. Right. The judge had to admonish him and tell him that it wasn't a political rally. Right. He also had to tell his lawyer to control your client, which is like... <laughs> We've all met him before. Right. Like you're not. There's no controlling of the client no. in this situation. That like, was for theater. A, <laughs> right. But this is a judge that enjoys. The theater. judge is into that, right? He's exactly. the one. This is the judge that was in that sitcom intro. Yeah. Where he uh-huh. like smiled to camera and took his glasses <laughs> off and right. smirked. So. Uh-huh. Right. But Trump at one point said, "It's a terrible thing you've done to the judge. You know nothing about me." And then, oh, he said, um, "You believe that political hack back there?" And then, like, uh, looked back toward um, Tish James, <laughs> Attorney General. Like, I mean, he was doing all of his his bits. He was doing all of his bits. Yeah. Right. He even did the windmill bit. I. How did he even work that in <laughs> too? Like, what an amazing choice. <laughs> because he got asked about. Um, like the, because you know, it's all about like how much all these properties are like actually worth, right? right. Whether they lied about it, and he was getting asked specifically about the golf course in in Scotland, and he reverted to you know his old opposition to windmills because they put one on the there's there's one offshore from that club, right? Scotland put one offshore from that club, and he said, "I'm not a windmill person." <laughs> I mean, he's literally just like doing he's, all, he's doing he's playing all, the hits, playing the hits, playing the. You hits. have to. Yeah. I mean, what else are you gonna do? You have a microphone in front of you. Yeah, he did sort of. You know, acknowledge that there were mistakes in the financial statements, which maybe wasn't exactly what he was looking to do. Right. Um, it was impossible not to acknowledge it, though, right. because they were obvious mistakes. Right. And they were like, yeah, they were huge mistakes because <laughs> there was one apartment building that fell from $327 million in 2016 to $116 million the next year in 2017. And Forbes magazine even outed Trump in 2017 for claiming the apartment was more than 30,000 square feet when it turned out that it was under 11,000 square feet. And yeah. so when he got asked about whether he was involved in that change in valuation. He said, probably. (laughs) (laughs) So, whoops. And then gave a few explanations. Like, then he gave, like... (laughs) Right. He said, I was so busy in the White House. Um, And this was in response to, like, some financial documents from 2021. Oh, yeah. He said, I was busy in the White House calling out his priorities, China, Russia, and keeping our country safe. And then they were like, just to clarify for the record, you weren't president in 2021, were you? And he said, no, I wasn't. <laughs> just busy in the White House in 2021 while he was busy not no. being the president at no. all. Just keeping us safe. Just yeah. keeping us safe from the White House like he does. I mean, he may have been in contact with China and Russia in 2021, but it was probably was, offering state secrets. Was, it was not to keep us safe. It wasn't to keep us It was the opposite. Right. He was offering whatever was boxed in Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, all, <laughs> all, his, all the state secrets he stole. <laughs> right. Yeah. So in that sense, well, and in a lot of ways, I think he felt that he was just sort of operating like a shadow presidency from Mar-a-Lago, and that's right. why he had to have those documents. Well, he is still the president. Lyle, I don't know exactly. how heard. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Ivanka also testified, but like, there wasn't really anything no. going on well, there. Well, because she was prepped by a lawyer, and she's probably not talking to her dad right now. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, and she's also, like, not named in this any longer. I mean, she really hired the right people, said the right things. Yeah. I mean, which is not a surprise, right? Yeah. I mean, like, the, because she's involved in the company. So, like, right. how she did fully weasel her way out of this is impressive, I think. Because, well, she's, like, like, a more thinking person right. as Trump's go. Yeah, because Trump and both of the adult sons are named yeah. in this yeah. suit. But she's not. No. And she's it, she's in I'll, the same inner circle I'll that they're all in. I'll tell you why she's got this special access. It's because she's married into the Kushners, and they are <laughs> expert criminals. Uh, right, that's true. You know, I mean, the Kushner dad went to jail, right. but he's kept his sons pretty clear of shenanigans. Yeah, that's true. Donald Trump and, is a an expert criminal, but not an expert at not being found out for his crime. No, everyone knows about his crimes, right? <laughs> that's like I feel like what what Ivanka has is access to criminal lawyers that are not part of the Trump universe, right? Because she has the, the Kushner criminal lawyers. <laughs> so she has a different powerful family backing her. Yeah. Um, no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So she was prepped. She was prepped. Yeah. Um, also, she's not famous for talking off the cuff about dumb shit. So no. I mean, she, she didn't have to worry about herself. Right. I know. We, I think on the last podcast, talked about how both of the sons said something stupid on yeah. the stand. And they she, have she wasn't going to do that. Trump's. Not that she's like a same genius or anything. But I mean, no, like, you know. She's. she's been familiar she knows how to govern herself i also think (laughs) on a witness stand i think i think yes and also it seems like she might have 
had a little bit more parenting from Ivana. <laughs> oh, maybe. Like, I feel like she might have just, before the Trump presidency era, she was like a person who lived in New York high society and was actually of it, as opposed to Trump, mm. who's like desperate to be part of it. Sure. Like, she is like somebody who went to fancy schools with fancy people and has fancy friends and yeah, like yeah, yeah. was vacationing with those people in, you know, Monaco and whatever yeah. prior to all of this and then got kind of swept into the presidential campaign. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So that's the news this week. That's it. Um, it's everyone has gone home on to their Thanksgiving recess. Oh yeah. So you're not likely to hear about any more fist fights for the next week or so. No. I'm excited what the lame duck session brings though. Oh yeah. Because it does feel like it's not a traditional lame duck session because they're not up this year, but it's a lame duck session in the sense that it's. La- the, be- between, it's always a, it's a permanent lame. It's a permanent lame duck session. <laughs> Just it's the holidays. They're yeah, not going to so do any work. Nothing, no. Mm-mm. So I'm curious to see what they can get them, what trouble they can get themselves into yeah. in the meantime. Yeah. Um. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.